What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me. And this is the podcast that celebrates women in the entertainment industry and beyond. In country music right now, we have a wild lack of female representation. So why not just create our own space until that problem is fixed, right? Now, before I get to the details of this week's guests, got to cover a couple of shout outs to badass women killing it right now. Of course, we're on cloud nine because Marin Morris's girl finally hit number one on the charts. Y'all, this is huge. And uh, this fact is probably going to blow your mind. She's the first solo female to go number one on the country chart since February of 2018. Yeah, that's the problem we like to address. But putting that aside for a second, we got to celebrate the wins. And this is just so exciting. Congratulations, Marin. She's been such a great friend to this podcast. And oh, my gosh, she found out in the coolest way that it was actually official while performing at the Newport Folk Festival with her newly formed group, The High Women. Dolly Parton joined them to congratulate Marin and perform with them. If you have not seen video of that performance, do yourself a favor. It was incredible. Another person I wanted to shout out is Megan Patrick. Now, people are still just getting to know her here in the States, but she's a big old deal in Canada. I mean, she's won multiple awards, including Female Artist of the Year at the CCMAs. Anyway, she had the perfect response to this guy in the crowd that kept chanting, asking her to show him her boobs. Megan yelled down at him, this isn't a strip club, get the F out. So many women have told me stories of disgusting things men have done from the crowd, and I just love hearing stories of women fighting back. Dudes, don't ever be that person, and being drunk is not an excuse, just saying. So, sorry I had to deal with that, Megan, but major applause for how you did deal with it. By the way, this is someone I need to get in very soon on the podcast. Podcast, so I'm hitting you up, Megan. Look out for that. But now to my guest this week. I love watching The Voice. I know so many of you do. However, I always get a little frustrated at the mold for the artists because they're super popular during the time. But as soon as the show is done, well, that's a big platform to immediately lose. One of my favorites in the past few seasons was Emily Ann Roberts. She came in second place on Team Blake during the ninth season. That's the year Jordan Smith won, so, so close yet so far. But I was bummed that I didn't see much from her after, but very happy I started to get notes about her earlier this year. So I knew I wasn't alone in the fact that I wanted to know what happened from then to now. And her story is really interesting, especially because she was still in high school when she was doing the show. So let's get right into it. Here's Breaking Through with Emily Ann Roberts. Emily Ann Roberts, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so happy you are here. Thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot I want to get into with you. And, of course, we're going to talk about your music because you just recently released that. And I read today some really exciting things about that, which I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's start off just kind of helping people get to know what your journey has been like so far. Now, if her name sounds familiar and you're not seeing her right now, and maybe you are just kind of getting to know Emily Ann, you, I'm sure know her from The Voice. Of course, you were a finalist and on Team Blake. Yes. Which makes sense since you're in country music, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. But that was back like how old were you, 16? I was 16 years old. It was back in 2015. So 16 years old, like that's already, it's it's difficult getting into the inter- entertainment industry when you're at that age. And a lot of times it doesn't turn out well for a lot of people. They go, you know, because that's a really kind of 
jaded world mm-hmm. to be entered into at such a young age. But for you, I mean, it's been years and you luckily haven't gotten yourself into any trouble, which is <laughs> no. nice. What do you think is different about your journey um, after having been in Hollywood for a while? Well, it was, it's been crazy and it was crazy, but um, I, I got off of the show um, in December of 2015 and I had just finished the first semester of my junior year online of high school. Oh, uh, um, online while I was out in California. So when I got back, I had to go straight back to high school to finish, which was wild. Wait, that's so weird. It was so weird. Like right back into regular life. Right back into regular life. Um, to finish out the se- second semester of my junior year. And I went and talked to my principal and I was like, okay, listen, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like I need to pursue music full time and I need to graduate early. So I was taking um, my junior year courses during the day at school um, and then I was doing my online, like senior year credit courses, um, and in the evening and Dang on the girl. weekends. Did and you I, have time to do music at that time? Well, yeah, I was still, I was like already coming to Nashville and taking meetings and, um, but I didn't really start doing music full time until after I graduated in May, I started co-writing and working full time in Nashville, um, in June of 2016. Dang. So I feel like I kind of like I got off the show yeah. and then like dumped back into kind of normal life. But like people recognized me at the mall. So it was weird. And then um, <laughs> and then I was, you know, started co-writing and just working. Well, you know, I had a friend. I'm curious what it was like when you went back to school, because I had a friend that I grew up with and she did all of these like Disney Channel original movies and she did some like feature films and stuff, but she would just come back after and come into school and she would get bullied a lot, which was so strange to me since she, you know, she had like critically acclaimed things all over the place. What was it like for you to go back after having done that? Well, I wouldn't say I got bullied, but there were definitely some like hard days and mean yeah. girls. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what I would imagine. Yeah, mean jealousy girls. is a thing, especially a in thing. high school. Bless, it is a thing, and um, so that was that was a little tough. But I, my main circle mm-hmm. stayed really tight, and and I stayed really close with them, and so that helped me get through. But um, but there were definitely some awkward and like weird moment it was never going to go back to normal it was huh? never going to go back to normal yeah. um i remember i got off of the show on december 16th was the finale and then we flew back home on the 17th and on the 18th my high school basketball team was playing basketball and i remember telling my boyfriend my best friend you know i just want to go do something normal yeah so they took me to the basketball game and we got in and long story short the other team's student section started chanting my name the guy who was announcing the basketball game like came over the intercom and was like we have our hometown star miss emily ann roberts please stand up so i stood up my ears were like on fire like my whole face was probably so red um and that was like my like a little bit of uh eye-opening like oh wow i've been on tv for a couple months there were some people watching some people watching a little Um, familiar and like the police had to escort me out the back <gasps> to my car at the end Stop. of the night. How we- crazy. It was crazy. So me and my friend were driving home. We kind of drove the first little bit like in silence because we were both like, what just happened? You're like trying to process <laughs> what it, right? What just happened? Um, so it, that was that was nuts. Yeah, it, it definitely changed my life. Yeah. In situations like that, when they're all chanting your name and stuff, were you more embarrassed by that than ever even like being in front of millions of people? Yes. I was so, I was like, what do I even, how do I? 
And I feel like everyone was looking at me. And so I was like, what do I do? Do I like wave? Do I smile? Do I run away? Like, yeah. what do I do right now? So it was crazy. Well, it's really hard, I would imagine, to have expectations of what's going to happen after you do something like that, especially at that age. But I mean, mm-hmm. really for anyone, because it's a wild experience to just like consolidate all of this experience oh, yeah. into a few short weeks, really. So, I mean, what, what were the what were your expectations when you got out? Were you feeling like, okay, immediately, as soon as I finish school, I'm going to be able to just do Nashville full time? Or were you thinking I want to have a normal life? What was your thought process like coming out of there? You know, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't think um, going into it that it would change my life as much as it did because yeah. we were in such a kind of a bubble out in California, um, all the contestants, because we were just like working and recording and, and doing rehearsals and going through and doing interviews. Like we were so busy that there was no time for us to like, like we didn't sit and watch ourselves on TV. Right. So to me, it's like, I knew I was on a TV show, but it really didn't sink in that I was legitimately on a television show until I got home and people recognized me. And well, yeah, when you're going that fast, you can't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I got off the show, I mean, I knew I had to go back to to school, but I don't know. I don't know what I expected. I, I think that, I expected things to move faster. I will say mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think it's because I, the only thing I'd ever known about like the music business was being literally like singing in competitions in Knoxville, yeah. my hometown, and then literally being on the voice and everything on the voice is instant. Mm-hmm. You know, like you sing a song and the next morning it's number one on iTunes which is not what happens in right. the real world. Well, I can imagine that might be kind of damaging to how you the, you, see, you, know, you see the reality of the music industry, right? Yes. Because it isn't like that. It is not like that. No. And it takes so much time. And yeah. and and things don't happen overnight, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so that kind of, that was something that I had to work through when I got to town and started doing this. Yeah. Um, and I realized like, hey, you know, if I want this to be something that I do for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to to put work into it. And it's not going, I'm not going to just snap my fingers and it's going to be the next big thing. And have it happen. And, yeah. you know, I, I did read about how um, you did a tour. It was girls, uh, gospel through well, girls and guitars. Through girls and guitars, that's right. Yes, and what was that world like? Because that seems so different from going from a whole Hollywood thing to doing that kind of tour. I mean, what, what are the differences? It was crazy. Well, and it was so fun. So it was basically a tour of all female um, artists. Yeah. There were bluegrass groups. There was a bluegrass, like all female bluegrass group. Um, a woman named Karen Peck in New River who um, she's like, very like much like Southern gospel style. Um, and then me who I do like country and then my faith is so important. So I, yeah. I just kind of mesh those two worlds together. Um, but it was so fun to just have like this and th- this whole tour based around women, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Jesus, yes. you know, I mean, what that's awesome. Amen. Yes. <laughs> and so, that. um, that was awesome, but it was it was different because um, that that world is very different than like oh yeah the even the country world and um, and especially what I did out on the Voice. But my faith is so important to me, and it's really what gets me through, and mm-hmm. and um, it's what got me through when I was in LA, and what gets me through day to day, just live and laugh. And so um, it was such a fun opportunity to be a part of that tour and get to share my faith, and then just get to have this community of women 
um, mm-hmm. that I got to sing with and perform with. So that was awesome. Well, while we're on that topic of women, of course, you know, there there is something that's happening in the industry right now. And of course, it's it's really kind of getting better, I think, and very slowly, but the lack of women on country radio. And that's where this podcast was born from because we just mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's always at the forefront of the conversation and we don't just forget about it or sweep it under the rug. So you coming out here to Nashville, well, actually, first, I would I would like to know if Blake Shelton ever talked to you about this kind of stuff. Did he ever kind of prepare you like with that kind of reality of it's going to be hard to get on radio, but it's going to be even harder because you are a female? Well, bless him. No, he didn't. He was really sweet. He was awesome. And he he encouraged me so much. Like the one thing that I am so thankful for um, is that he always encouraged me to just like stay true to me and, yeah. and to not listen to somebody who says like, no, you need to do it this way. Or like, no, you're, you're too country or you're too this or you're too, you know. And the whole entire time I was on The Voice, he just encouraged me to just, do Emily Ann, yeah. you know, and even off the show, he's done the same thing. And so I have to, I have to give a little love to him in that area. But, um, you know, that's kind of helped me mm-hmm. in, in just general and with what you're talking about. Like I, I try to, as much as I know that it is an issue and it drives me nuts when I'm in the car mm-hmm. and I have the radio on and we drive for an hour and I don't hear a woman which is very common on the radio very common for that to happen drives Mm -hmm. me insane um but (laughs) is i try to just stay focused on you know i'm i'm gonna keep doing my best i'm gonna keep doing emily ann and and so that's helped me a lot that advice but yeah, it is an issue. Are you experiencing it when you're taking meetings? Because, you know, I, I get a lot of women in here that are independent artists mm-hmm. and they will tell me the stories of going to labels and labels saying, I'm sorry, we just have too many uh, females on the roster. And they go back and look and it's like, oh, there's three on the roster and you have like 20 males. So what's happening? Are you have you gotten those messages from people um, higher in the industry? Um, For sure. And mm-hmm. in a, a bunch of different um, areas, even just like when you release a new song and want to get playlisted, mm-hmm. you know, um, there, there's issues there too. Yeah. With streaming and with yeah. streaming. Mm-hmm. And, um, so not even just radio and with, with, um, labels and stuff like that. It's just, I feel like it's kind of everywhere and it is frustrating whenever they, it's like, there's so many dudes and they'll make room for all the guys, but there's, there's no room. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't yes. see. <laughs> Which is everyone no, except for the two in the room. <laughs> yes. Um, and no, there's no room for women. It's, it's, it's a mess. Do when people say that to you, do they give an explanation or is it just, there's no room? No, I don't think that, I don't think there isn't. Mm-hmm. I've never been given an explanation. So uh, the, this podcast, it was originally called for people that have been listening to it for a while. It was called Women Want to Hear Women. And it's because I had been told to my face plenty of times and had learned down the road when I had met more female artists and everything that they had heard it said to their face as well, that women don't want to hear women. Have you ever been told that? Okay, no. And and here's here's something that She's like, I'm ready. Yes. Let's go. So okay, I got to go I'm I'm not I'm gonna try not to rant too long, but I got to go to an incredible event over CMA Fest mm-hmm. that Kelsey Ballerini and um the women from Little Big Town, um, Karen and Kimberly yeah. hosted. And literally there were it was all girls. Mm-hmm. And it was artists, it was songwriters, it was I mean just tons of women in the industry and we all just loved on each other and encouraged each other and I I looked around and I was like oh my goodness like why 
is it that we like feel like we're fighting against each other? Like if one if one girl succeeds, why does it feel like oh she took right. my spot? Mm-hmm. I hate that. Well, and why do you think that is? Because that is a very common theme, and women are always pitted against each other. And why do you think it is that we believe that that there are so little spaces? Well, I think it's because they tell us there's no room. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and so it's like an automatic response because we're human to be like, oh crap, well, did, uh, is there no room now? Mm -hmm. You know? So anyways, I just think that I hate that. And that's what I've been, another big thing um, after I haven't been working in Nashville for that long. I've Mm -hmm. only been here for like three and a half years, but um, that was something that I felt the first year that I got here. And um, I, I constantly felt like if, if another girl was succeeding, like crap, does that mean that I'm, behind or I'm failing or I'm not I, I'm not good there's not gonna be room for me mm-hmm. you know like did yep. she take my spot more air quotes y'all mm-hmm. um but I finally came to the realization of like you know what we're we're all in this together and just because someone else is succeeding doesn't mean that that I'm missed my opportunity mm-hmm. you know like everybody's path is different and I think that it's incredible I think that Raising awareness to to the issue that is like the lack of female representation on the radio right now has has really allowed all of the women to kind of come together and yeah. and really have each other's backs in a way that maybe might not have happened if if there wasn't this issue. Yeah, and you made a great point about how you know you you have to kind of come to that realization mm-hmm. of. Well, just because somebody else is succeeding doesn't mean that I'm not going to. Yeah. But I know a lot of people write into this show a lot and are struggling with that. There's a lot of aspiring artists that listen to this show and they constantly struggle and they can't, they can think that they can think, you know, oh, I don't need to think this way, but it's a a very different thing to actually put that into action. Mm -hmm. So what was your moment of realizing of having that clarity to where you didn't have to worry about that as much. And how did you get there? I guess for me, a a lot of it came really from my faith and surrendering like my journey and not trying to compare everybody else. I feel like social media and um, just how everybody's life is so in everybody's face right now. um, It's so easy to compare your journey to somebody else's Mm -hmm. and there were so many nights that I would look on social media and be like oh crap like what am I doing like when am I going to have my opportunity when and I was looking at other people's things that they were doing their life and their opportunities and I was comparing it to mine and when you do that I mean that that's when you start to feel like crap am I not am I not doing enough or am am I missing out or you know like all those feelings Mm -hmm. that we have and so I finally one night literally just had to say, you know what? We're all on a different path. And I'm somebody might get there before I do, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get there, mm-hmm. you know? And somebody else might be looking at me and saying like, oh crap, I just want to be where she is. Right. And I'm looking at somebody else saying, oh, I want to be where she is. The grass you know? is always greener, right? Literally. Mm-hmm. So, so I just kind of had to lay down all the comparison and, and all of... um like, I don't know, all the feelings of like insecurity and that yeah. I kind of got from social media and just looking at other people's paths and say, hey, God's got a plan for my life too. Mm-hmm. And he's going to work it out in the perfect time. And so I don't have to worry about what he's doing in somebody else's life yeah. because I-, I need to celebrate that, you mm-hmm. know? 
because it's great. Absolutely. So, well, and with faith being such a strong part of your life, do you have any Bible verses specifically that you lean on a lot? Oh my gosh. Okay. Joshua 1 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you will go. That's been mm-hmm. like my verse because when you think about it, um, like as a believer, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get preachy, y'all, but <laughs> as a believer, when you think about it, like, oh my gosh, okay. God is with me wherever I go. I don't have to walk through anything by myself. I don't have to try to figure things out on my own. He goes before me. Yeah. And he he knows what he knows what tomorrow holds. Um and so I don't have to worry about tomorrow because he's already there. Mm-hmm. Um and so that that's a big one for me and then I do I am a little bit of a worry wart. Um so I love Philippians 4, 6 and 7, which is don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, um, which will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so that's that's been a big thing in my life, too, because kind of with the whole comparison thing and um, just chasing down a dream, I get worried and stressed about stuff like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a big one for me, too. Those are beautiful. I love those. <laughs> Hopefully that you'll be taking those along with you as well. And your faith, ha- and it's been so strong for you and it has given you amazing opportunities mm-hmm. when you just let it happen, right? For sure. So just a couple months ago, uh, you got a huge opportunity. You got to go back to your old stomping grounds to The Voice, yes. which is interesting to me because it feels like it's just like a natural thing to happen, right? But then when I was really thinking about it, I'm like, it's kind of not because there's been so many contestants. There are so many people that would want to come back and get that platform to be able to do their song but really there's not that many that get to so what's the process of going back oh how long do we have Forever. Um, <laughs> i'm so curious like i i'm wondering how this all works out um well it's huge it's it, huge yes. to go back. That, that's a big old audience and, to be I, and I owe a lot to my incredible team and manager um but <laughs> I had wanted to go back on the show literally since I got off the show and sing my own song. Yeah. Because I felt like, like, yes, the world got to see Emily Ann, but they didn't really get to see Emily Ann. Because you're doing covers. Yes, because Mm -hmm. I'm doing covers and and singing songs that aren't mine. And so when I started writing and having all of this music that was my heart and my voice, I was like, oh my goodness, like I would love to go back and sing this. And then we wrote the song Someday Dream that I ended up singing on The Voice literally two years ago. And the day I wrote it, I was like, this is the song. This is the song, yes. And... um. The whole team um, at Starstruck, my management company, heard it. And everybody was like, oh, this would be the best song to go back on The Voice with. So anyways, that was two years ago. Oh, my so gosh. So there's been a lot of seasons of The Voice since then. Yeah. And um, for those years, we um, talked about like, okay, maybe this season, maybe this mm-hmm. season, maybe this season. And it finally got to the point um, this, like this past year, um, back in like, I guess, uh, February and March that I was like, oh, I just don't know if it's going to happen. You know, yeah. like we've been talking about it for so long and I just don't know if it's going to happen. And um, I kind of given up hope on it a little bit just because um, it had been so long. I mean, I was right. on The Voice in 2015 mm-hmm. and I didn't even win. I yeah. was runner up. So I was mm-hmm. like, what are the odds that they're going to let me come back? Um, and so... I talked to my manager about it and talked to my team about it. And one night um, I got an email from my manager and he was like, hey, see below. And I went down and it was the executive producer from The Voice. And she said, hey, does this date work for Emily Ann? I was like, um, yes, it works. I'll move whatever I need You're to like, move. You're like, it's my wedding day, but it's fine. Yes, it's, it's fine. So, um, so I, like I said, I owe a ton of that um, 
to my team. But yeah. that was crazy. And it was kind of like going back to high school. Um, everything smelled the same. You know, like when oh, you go yeah. back to high school or back to like your old work or whatever, and you walk in, you're like, Ooh, everything is the same, mm-hmm. you know, except and all, and all the memories rush all, back. Yes. And, yeah. So it was, it was crazy, but, um, it was such not to be cheesy, mm-hmm. but a someday dream come true, yes. um, to go back on the show. Cause I'd been praying about that and wanting that to happen for so long. Um, so that was awesome. And did you see immediate uh, reaction? Just like how, when you were on the voice, did you see downloads go up immediately? Yes. And, yeah. The song like went back on the charts that night after, mm-hmm. um, after I sang it and um, I got so much love from so many people, which meant the world to me. And, and I'm thankful that I was able to go back and sing that song yeah. because that song has been like such an incredible song for me personally, like writing it was really great for me just to get it off my chest. And then singing it has been great because it helps me realize like, okay, yes, I've got huge dreams mm-hmm. in the future that I am running hard after. But I'm living my dream today in this moment. So I don't have to wait around for someday because I get to sing songs today. I get yeah. to write songs today and and talk to incredible people like you today. And so um, it's just been good. It's been good to give me perspective. Yeah. And did, did you get to talk with any of the contestants while you were there? Because I would imagine they would want to pick your brain like crazy. Yes, I got to talk to May Lynn who won. Yeah. And she was phenomenal like she was so good and so beautiful um I got to talk to her quite a bit and and it kind of like I watched them all and like going through wardrobe and like sitting and going through rehearsals and all this stuff and I was like oh my goodness I just want to hug them and say like you're killing it like yeah because you know how you felt I know Mm -hmm. I've, I've told so many people like I wish that I could go and like hug their necks when I see like little kids on the voice and they're standing there waiting to find out if they move on to the next round I'm like oh my gosh Uh bless your heart so anyways well and now that you have had the experience that you've had which is a lot more experience even in the short amount of time that you've been doing this than a lot of people have in their entire lives so you really are somebody that can give valuable advice what is a piece of advice that you really like to pass on well goodness a lot yeah. Um, but I, I, I do want to say um, kind of what Blake told me and, and something that I've just like learned being in town and writing and, and working on my music is to figure out what like you want to say and what makes you different, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it's the style or, or whatever that you have and, and don't let anybody tell like water that down. Yeah. When I first got to town, I started writing and I had people telling me, we've got to take what you do and make it fit. Hmm. And so for the first year that I was here, I um, I tried that. I, I chased that. I would listen to the radio and I would think like, oh, you know, like, am I, am I doing stuff that, that would fit there? And, 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 and I need to write songs that, that, that would work on the radio. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I don't need to do that. And finally, I realized one night, I was literally at a, a writer's round. It was one of the um, Women of Nashville writer's rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all of these different girls were singing their songs just their way. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like I've been chasing something because somebody put me in a box and told me that I needed to to do it that way. And I just need to do me. Like, yeah. I just need to, to do what feels right to me. And 
if it ends up on the radio, great. If it doesn't, I stayed true to myself. And that's what matters, you mm-hmm. know? I want to sell out. And then even if it does explode, I'm not, I'm, I don't win because I'm not singing something that's real, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and everybody can have a different definition of success. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to all look the same. So for you, what do you think that is in the next like few years? Well, I want to be able to, okay. I want to <laughs> be on the radio and yeah. I want to be able to play in, arenas and and sing in front of a cachillion people if there's that many you know (laughs) so so i definitely i want to be there Mm -hmm. is that my like view of success not really Mm -hmm. because i feel like success is just loving what i do and getting to do do what i love yeah um but my dreams are definitely that big you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so so yeah i mean i just it and I, I got off the topic of advice, but anyways. No, but you but gave that advice. Yes, that was great advice. But, yeah. but seriously, it is. It's just, it's important to to just be real, especially when you're sharing your heart and writing songs. It's like, you can't try to, to fit into a mold because we're all different. We all have different perspectives and different things to say. And, yeah. and so you just have to be honest, mm-hmm. you know? So, so that would be a big piece of advice. Um, and another big thing would just to be to enjoy where you're at right now. Um, because like I said, that's my biggest thing with the Someday Dream song. Um, sometimes I get so focused on like where I'm trying to get to that I just miss out where I am today. Mm, um, good point. And yeah. so that's a big thing too. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to, is, is a major label something that you really want to do or do you kind of want to do this all independently? Would you rather get to the radio independently? <sighs> Well, you know, I, I just want to get there. Yeah. So, so <laughs> however it happens, however you'll, it happens, you'll do it um, that way. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always like really want to see an independent artist make it to the radio because man, you would yeah. just, that would be huge. Yes. But it is kind of hard in the way that the, that it's all built up right now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But so. it would be stinking awesome. Uh huh. So are you still keeping in touch with Blake Shelton? Are you able to, or are you just too busy doing your own thing? <laughs> no, we, we keep in touch and he's been awesome. He invited me out, um, Thanksgiving of last year to go play at um, Old Red in Tishomingo. Oh, yeah, because I watched your uh, vlog for that. That was so cute. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm all into the vlogs now. Yes. Um, I love them. But, yeah, he is so great. And um, he actually, my manager, he put me in touch with his manager. So his manager's my manager. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so whenever he's in town, we'll run into each other and... um, He's really awesome. And going back on The Voice was so great, getting to spend time with him. And um, he checks up on me. And um, like he does with everybody, it is awesome. He, I will say, like, it is not a show or anything. The way he seems on TV is Mm -hmm. literally the way he is. Like, he cares. He really does. And, I mean, he put me in touch with his stinking manager. I was like, what? What? is a bigger favor you could do than that. You know, that's, it's incredible. So he's the best. Who are some of the other friendships that you have made in town that you really, really value? Oh, well, a big, uh, okay. A really sweet friendship. This actually comes from the voice a little bit. Um, but 
I got really close with a guy who was on my season of The Voice. Um, his name is Zach Seabaugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually came to town and has been going to MTSU and then writing um, during his free time in Nashville. So we've stayed really close, mm-hmm. which has been really fun. Um, but, you know, I have the best team. I keep talking about them, but I have the best team ever. And the majority of my like main friendships in town are the people I get to work with every day, which is such a blessing that I'm friends with the people that I get to work with. And that's a definition of success right there too. Literally. So you and Zach being as close as you are, do you think that you really need something like that in order? Cause you need somebody that's been through that same process, right? That gets it. Oh, for sure. Cause I mean, I, I can't even imagine trying to explain it to other people. Right. Right. Um, and me and Zach are the same age. And so we were both like, we had to go, go back home to high school and like we just we understand each other a little bit and whenever we feel like we are losing our minds we'll like reach out to each other and be like it's okay we're okay (laughs) we're not going crazy um we're just trying to like adapt to this new lifestyle um but yeah it's it's such a blessing and then I've met so many incredible friends um here in town I have um friends who go to school at Lipscomb and MTSU and mm-hmm. um, other artists here in town that um, I've gotten close with. And we're all at different stages of our career and what we're doing, but mm-hmm. we just get it, you know? Yeah. Um, we get where we're, what we're trying to do and, and what we're all about. And so it's very important to have people around you who understand it. A team, and, that's, and I'm glad that you keep bringing them up because that is so important. Like there's never just a one person success story. There's so many no. people behind oh, you. Oh my gosh, no. Yeah. I mean, I think about even just going and playing a show. Um, like for instance, I got I played a show in Beaufort, South Carolina a couple of weekends ago and I got sick. I got really dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And thankfully my drummer is an ER nurse. And so- Convenient. Convenient for <laughs> yes. sure. So anyways, he saved the day, but I thought about it that night after I was able to like get fluids and get well enough to sing. But when I was trying to go to bed that night, I was like, people don't realize like how many people are making this happen behind yeah. the scenes. Like they see me walk on the stage and sing for an hour and a half and then that's what they think about. Mm-hmm. But like my band leader, my tour manager, my drummer, who's an ER nurse, who is literally how I was able to recover enough to sing. I mean, like they don't realize that. Yeah. Um, and then even just all the other stuff that I do to get music out. I mean, there are so many people involved in it. And it's so important to have that team. I'll always remember singing Carrie Underwood in concert one time. And that was the first time that I really understood that because you know i i watch you guys like i i don't do that i mean i understand that we have a huge team in order to just put something on the radio but she said something about like you see the spotlight and everybody's cheering whatever she's like this spotlight doesn't happen unless i have these whatever 220 people that are behind this she's like this spotlight isn't just me this spotlight is all of them and i was like praise oh my gosh that is amazing right so that always stuck it. with me so whenever people do talk about their team i'm just i really i love that yeah and then i appreciate that and really see that and i love that you appreciate your team and i love watching what you're doing emily and roberts i know we need to wrap up a little bit here because i do want to get to your performances and uh you guys are going to want to go over to the youtube channel to check that out you're going to be doing i hope you're single yes okay great and a cover as well yes who are you going to be doing 
I'm covering Ingrid Andres today. Oh my gosh, she's going to be the guest next week, so that's perfect. Oh my goodness. I'll have to be like, girl. I'm obsessed with her. Me too. Okay, good. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> that that works out very nicely. That's like the podcast gods all coming together. <laughs> but Emily Ann Roberts, how can everybody follow you on social media? So my Instagram and Twitter handles are at Emily Ann underscore music. My Facebook is Emily Ann Roberts music. My YouTube is Emily Ann Roberts, and then my website is emilyannroberts.com. What do you use the most? Because for me, it's Instagram. Instagram all the way. Uh I'm a party on Instagram. I always feel really bad that I neglect Facebook now because I'll go and I'll be like, oh, someone sent me a message. 15 weeks ago. (laughs) So yes, Instagram for Emily and Instagram for me. Make sure to hit that up. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Oh, thank you for having me. And again, go check out those performances on YouTube. I still can't get over the fact that she went back to school after being on national television all through the fall. What a crazy reality. All right, let's get into some thank yous. First off, Emily Ann Roberts, you are so lovely, and I can't wait to see what happens next for you. I will be watching, that's for sure. Also, thank you to Tiffany Bearden for helping to get our schedules all together. That's always a big job. (laughs) Big thank you to Jim Casey, Brian Webb, and Joey Salvia. That's the Breaking Through team. But the biggest thank you of all goes out to you for listening. We'd love to hear from you as well. There are a few ways you can do that. If you could take a moment to rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would be awesome. This way more people can discover the episodes. Uh, Marie Bradshaw just did that. She left a review saying, love this podcast so much. Awesome candid feedback from country music artists. Keep it coming. Thank you so much, Marie. I definitely will. And we are sending so much love back your way. You can also find me on social media at Elena D. Smith everywhere. That's E-L-A-I-N-A. D as in dog. And Smith is very easy to spell. But again, I am mostly on Instagram. So just a heads up. That about does it for me this time around. Thank you again for listening. I love you guys. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.